Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 40, a big oh, a big 4-0. That's kind of cool. Um, Monumental. Of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am Charles Hamaker, joined by Omari Salisbury and Bennett Buckholds. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello. Uh, it dejected. You can hear it. Um We'll just get into business. We don't have too much going on today. We have our gridiron football team and some smaller notes from our other uh, ball sports teams. But outside of that, there's not too much going on this week or this past week. Um, prior to game information for our Seahawks on Tuesday, it was announced that safety Jamal Adams would be a game day decision. But then the following day on Wednesday, he himself, Mr. Adams, declared himself that uh, he would be prepared to play. Um, on Tuesday, Red Tackle Brandon Shell was activated off the COVID-19 list, which is awfully, obviously huge, huge to have your starting right tackle back in the game. Uh, Coach Carroll was more optimistic about John Reed playing than Jamal Adams going into the week, but as we would later find out, it didn't really matter as they both play. Uh, and Carroll also said that all starting five offensive linemen would be ready for Saturday's wildcard matchup. Uh, same with throwing back Carlos Hyde, which is – there was a set going around that when the Seahawks had all starting five offensive linemen, they hadn't lost and they put up 30 points per game. Uh, you'll find out about that. I don't want to spoil it. Even though you probably already found out. Uh, and Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup was expected to return for this game after being on the COVID-19 list. The game day inactives would feature running backs DJ Dallas and Rashad Penny, cornerback Lyndon Steffens, tackle Chad Wheeler, and tight ends Luke Wilson and Kobe Parkinson. Uh, first quarter was started off by Matt Gay and the Rams. Uh, they'd get on the board first when he, Mr. Gay would hit a 40-yard field goal with 3.52 left to go in the first to give the Rams a 3 nothing advantage, and that would be your score at the end of one period. Rams 3, Seahawks nothing. The second quarter was really when the majority of the points seemed to be scored. Um, Jason Myers would hit a 50-yard field goal with 2.34 to go before the half. Matt Gay would respond with a 39-yarder uh, with 7.51 to go, and then things Dang. got interesting. Uh, as Bennett refers to it as pain, I would agree with that. Uh, Rams cornerback Darius Williams would jump a wide receiver screen pass to DK Metcalf and return it all 42 yards uh, for a pick six to give the Rams a 13-3 lead. Um, later on, Russell Wilson would roll the left and float a ball over Rams defenders to hit DK Metcalf for a 51-yard touchdown to bring Seattle within three. Uh, but then L.A. rookie Cam Akers, would punch in a touchdown from five yards out with 157 to go before the half, bringing us our halftime deficit score of 20 to 10. The only points in the third quarter would be lovely Jason Myers uh, with a 52 yard field goal with 13:45 to go in the third, bringing our score to LA 20, Seattle 13, going into that final period. And before I get into it, I think I'll do. Uh, I think I'll have a year in review next week, and then I'll uh, we'll be done with these guys for a bit until off season, but. Uh, Jason Myers, just outside of the four missed extra points out of, you know, like however many, just a great year. Um, yeah. For a guy who at the, at, at the beginning of his tenure last year, I was like, I don't know about this guy, um, but he's, he's he really balled out this year. Um, Matt Gay would nail a 36-yard field goal uh, with 11.33 left in the fourth. And then Jared Goff and his lovely broken thumb would hit Robert Woods wide, wide open from 15 yards out to bring LA's lead up to 30 to 13. Uh, Russell Wilson and his healthy thumb would find DK Metcalf from 12 yards out, but it would be too little too late and Seattle would lose 30 to 20 
and thus be eliminated from the playoffs. The first home playoff loss for Seattle since 2004. Uh, Russell Wilson would only complete 11 of his passes, his 27 passes attempted uh, for 174 yards, two TDs, and one interception. Chris Carson would have 16 carries for 77 yards, which isn't horrible, actually, but uh, DK Metcalf would lead in receiving with five catches, 96 yards, and two TDs. Uh, Bobby Wagner would lead in tackles with a stat line of 16 total tackles, 11 solo, one sack, and one tackle for loss. And the only turnovers to note, no defensive force turnovers, but DJ Reed would fumble on a punt return and lose it. So, you know, if we're counting, that counts. I'm just going to go into it first before I ask any questions. There are just some things that tend to piss me off right after a game, especially after a game like this where there's nobody to blame outside of the team itself. Um, Things like the O-line was an issue. And while, yes, uh, there have been some issues with injuries, with uh, Mikey Potty being out here and there, Ethan Pochich having to go out against the Rams, I mean Cardinals, pardon me, on that Thursday night game, Brandon Shell being out a couple games, the, the O-line this year has been a lot better than it has been in years past. Brandon Shell was a good acquisition. Damian Lewis is a stellar rookie who I think can be a cornerstone for this line in years to come. Dwayne Brown has been excellent in his tenure here. Ethan Pochich played well this year. The only issue I'd see is left guard. Um, Upati's fine, but, you know, once you – when you're dealing with neck injuries and you're getting towards the twilight of your career, it might be time to move on from the guy. But – when I'm seeing comments about the Walmart O-line, this line has been fine this year. That's not the issue. Offensive play calling and Russell Wilson were the issue this game. Don't don't ask me why, because I don't really honestly know what's going on with Russell Wilson, but I want to focus on the fact that play calling got progressively worse. Pardon me. And as we got onto the season, R- Russell made this interesting comment about not – about how the team got away from high tempo as opposed to the first half of the year. And if you saw what happened with the first half of the year compared to the second half of the year, I would think you'd want to stay with the tempo. So it's, it's, I, I, you know, there, there's a obvious issue with the play calling in that second half and whatever is going on with Russell Wilson is a major issue. Obviously the run defense in this game got worn down and Cam Akers was able to go crazy. Uh, I think he had like 130 yards rushing, probably more. Uh, but that 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 obviously uh, that was an issue. But I think in part of that you can attribute that to the offense being shit and having to send the defense back out there again and again and again. You can't have this bad offense and keep sending a defense out there. Some, we've seen that in Seahawks past, where the offense isn't able to produce, and we have to see this defense go out there and get more tired. And um, the last thing I want to address, while I'm going to sit here and be critical of number three, I'm not going to consider trading him. I am not. Because you're not dumb. No, it's, it's, Mm. it's, it's not to be entertained. I'm not going to entertain that. Deshaun Watson's a great talent, but he's, he's not going to be a Seahawk. All right. Russell Wilson is the quarterback of this team. He's a franchise, the greatest quarterback in franchise history. And you know, I don't, I can't tell you what's going on with him right now. I can't tell you what happened in that second half of the season. But am I going to jump ship? No, I'm not jumping ship. Um, so, you know, there, there's some questions to be asked of this team. But I'm, I'm not ready to just get rid of the quarterback that has been the guy for so many years. And, you know, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to entertain that bullshit. Um, so some, something I do want to talk about 
is the failure to hold this this team the accountability issue because it, it seems like a lot of a lot of questions weren't really directly answered um asking about sort of what's happened with the explosive plays obviously from the first half and Pete said that in this game at least Pete Carroll said that he wishes the team adjusted better why the team you're the head coach why are you making these decisions why isn't the coaching staff making these decisions why isn't the coaching staff putting the team in a better position to succeed you know he Pete Carroll said he was real disappointed in this loss I, I think the only people that you have to be disappointed in are yourselves mm-hmm. you were playing a Rams team that was had an AFL quarterback in all right and I mean he obviously he's in the NFL so he's not like complete dog poop but you know you shouldn't have had an issue there I mean you were stopping him on early on anyway when he was in the game but then you're playing a guy who for the majority of the game was throwing wobblers like if you saw any of those passes they weren't they were not crisp they weren't pretty no no and you you let him get I mean he didn't have uh he had a low rating but he still completed these passes you didn't keep the pressure on you didn't adjust to the the runs that the Rams were giving you I mean the failure to adjust is a, a lot of that I believe the failure to adjust is a main reason of what killed this team in the second half of the season in this game. It's ridiculous. I mean, you only have yourself to blame because other teams, and then, and then the whole uh, winning games in the fourth quarter BS uh, and, you know, wanting to, we like the close games, the teams that we see in the playoffs, the green Bay's, the new Orleans, Kansas city, Buffalo, they, they win games early on and they're able to stack points on as the game goes on and not have to worry about coming down, coming back from being down, you know, and, and all of the, like in a majority of the games since the Super Bowl 49 loss, even the Super Bowl 49 loss, you started off poorly. I could just go and look at the, the numbers of the first half scores. You know, I, I remember in one of the Atlanta games, you start off, you're down 20 to nothing in the first half. That's not acceptable. And that's on coaching. And that's there's one guy who's still there who's a reason. For, well, I don't remember if Schottenheimer was there. I think he might have been there for that Atlanta game. Um, but this is coaching. Other teams get it done. The Seattle team seems to want to wait. Or there's, there's you know, it's a lack of accountability. You have to be able to hold yourself accountable. Um, sorry, just really upset. Uh, and I, I want to really get away, too, from the whole uh ideology that you should just be you should shut up and be grateful for winning 12 games what am i to be grateful for you won 12 games that doesn't matter you're you're just i think i talked about this before uh in weeks past but i really get fucking tired of being complacent i like to succeed i like to get better okay i don't do this whole regular season shit just to be done you didn't, you didn't go one and done either. You just, you're done. The Rams go and they get to play another game. We're done. We get to worry about off season now. I'd like to worry about off season after February 7th, but I don't get to do that now. Um, I'm just, I'm tired of the, oh, they won 12 games. You shouldn't be so hard on them. No, they get paid money to win. You know, well, they could pay money to play the game. Sorry. Um. And so many of them, they say the main goal is to win the Super Bowl. So when you've got elite level talent like Russell Wilson outside of the second half of this year, 
like Bobby Wagner, like DK Metcalf, like Chris Carson on offense, Jamal Adams, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Quandre Diggs on defense, and you bring in Carlos Dunlap too, you know, and you don't even win a wild card game against a guy who's, he doesn't have his throwing arm thumb. It's that, you know, he's basically playing with four fingers and a team that was essentially one dimensional for most of the game. Uh, you have nobody to blame but yourselves. And I think this offseason, this team really needs to figure out what the is going on because you haven't gotten past the divisional round since 2014, I believe. So, you know, uh, it's unacceptable. It really is unacceptable. So I'm just, I don't, I don't have any things to ask you because I feel like the past few, few weeks, this has been building up and Joe fan, um, he did a great piece on it and I have to, I've yet to read it, but he basically said what I'm, I'm, what I felt. This has been coming for weeks. We've seen the inefficiency on, on offense and the failure to adjust. And it, it was the same story. It just, it all collapsed on Saturday. So um, I'm just going to leave it open for you guys to say what you want, just because I went on angry tar- uh, rant there. Um, uh I think I can't say anything else besides the fact that I'm just like utterly disgusted and sickened yeah. by the yeah. sight of how the Seahawks have been playing, especially because it's like when you look at other teams, you know, you have a set expectation yeah. of what you expect to see from their talent, you know, of yep. what they got yep. going on in their team. You know, when I'm watching the Bears right now, they're playing pretty good against the Saints because it's like, this is kind of what I expect from the Bears. OK, like we know what we're getting. The fact is that the Seahawks are a team that are fully capable of not only beating the Rams, but by like actually just completely destroying them. The, the talent, the skill, all the pieces Could are there. Be. So it's really just so like just disappointing to see them fail and not even meet the marker of that. Especially because the like you guys said, this man only had four fingers. And being a quarterback, I feel like a thumb injury is one of the worst things you can have. And he came out oh. there and they weren't made passes, but he got the job done. And all we needed for us to do is get the job done. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks who just get the job done. Not, not every, we don't need Russ to be the magician he is every single game in the kitchen cooking just every single game. We don't. Addition. We didn't need him to get the job no. done, and he didn't even do that. And yeah. that's the part that's disappointing the most because that is supposed to be our guy. That's the guy we're paying. That's the guy we are putting all our cards in. That's the yep. person we're trusting. Yep. And he's just not doing that. He's really looking like a way. So I see why fans are angry and saying, oh, trade Rush for Deshaun. Because you know what? Deshaun might be losing. But that's a pro bowler right there. That's someone who he's hungry. And I feel like looking at Russ. I just don't know. I don't know why. It's flawed, though, because you look at Deshaun. I'm not saying we should. Let me finish, Ben. Let me finish. I'm not saying that we should get Deshaun. I just see why people are saying that. I mean, I'm saying I, I understand. I still have faith in Russ. reactionary bullshit I've ever seen. Like, I just like to me, those are people who don't actually like have a firm grasp of how football works. You're not going to get some magic elixir in a quarterback. It, it's it's how the team is functioning as a whole. It is how the team is functioning as a whole, but I feel like a large, a large part of that loss yesterday can also be put on rest. You know, I feel like a large part of that loss can be put on rest. Oh, yeah, no. I, there's no question about that. I just – I'm not ready to just say, hey, I'm dumping you off. No, ne- neither am I. Russ has done a lot for us. He's still good. He's still – he's still but, my, like, in his yeah. prime. He's still got a lot more to show. It just makes me wonder – there's something's got to be going on, dude. Because there was a great thread that I saw that's like – even um, 
even in past seasons, we've seen him play not like extended periods of this, but we've seen games where he's like this, where he he does he doesn't look like he's really tuned in. He's kind of nervous. He's like fumbling the ball, not getting the snap right. I just, but there's that, that this has been an extended period of that. So I don't I don't know because we we've obviously know what he can do. I mean, it's not like he he's only it's not like he's Matt Flynn, and he came in one game and threw like 400 yards, and that's his like his uh his data that we should look over. We've seen his product and what he can do. Okay. I just I don't something has to be going on. I don't I'm not gonna put any sort of speculation out there, say what's going on, but something's not right with him. Yeah, don't be fucking Evan Hill and start jumping on the Sierra boat. I'm not gonna bother with the Sierra stuff. That's he deleted it, but he was stupid to have tweeted it in the first place. I didn't even I see mean... what it was. He deleted it before I saw yeah, it. Yeah, what was it? What was it? He he jumped on the Russ is doing bad because of Sierra boat. At least that's what I gather from his. See, I don't buy that because we saw the first eight weeks of the season. So also like, like to think that uh, somebody with Sierra for years because they're like happy. Yeah, and he's been here with her for years. So like I don't just like I don't know. He's happy with her. Just let him be a happy person. Yeah. So I don't I don't really buy that. I don't. Buy I, just... I don't think it's that. I think it's comfortability. I didn't. I think Russ think... is just comfortable. So. Okay, I have a piece to say. Um, obviously, because this was first off, this was the most embarrassing playoff game we've played in since the Dallas Cowboys. Game. Oh yeah, and I think this um, is worse than Dallas. Maybe worse than Dallas. Yeah, maybe I think Dallas was interesting because it was it was a game that much like this one, we were heavily expected and favorited to win. Uh, just because, you know, the NFC East is the worst division in football history right now, at least in the Super Bowl era. So um, that was crushing because we lost to one of them, and that's hard to do. I think they were 9-7 and seven that year. They had no business beating us, and they did. But I think the question you have to start asking yourself here, if you're the Seahawks organization, is like, where do you draw the line? Right. Mm-hmm. If you're the Seahawks organization and you're the Seahawks as a team, where the hell do you draw the line? And I and I know that we've already talked about this, and I know we've talked about it extensively. But there's this faux optimism. I'm not even talking about the fans who respond to people who are critical of the team. I'm talking about like the inner workings, of the organization. The, the well, we won the division. Horse shit. Winning a division doesn't mean anything. Yep. That that I, I just hate that level of like, oh, they did this. So it's all fine. It means it doesn't mean anything unless you win games in the playoffs. Winning the division is completely superfluous. You get a banner, you get to hang up and point to when people are actually critical of your team. And when you get exposed by a team that is completely subpar, by a team that doesn't really deserve to be in the playoffs, you look at the AFC, you look at the Dolphins, you look at a couple of these other teams that barely didn't make it over there, and you look at the Rams, and again, I'm not going to say the Rams are a bad team because they do have one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. They have uh, a running back, Cam Akers, who's coming into his own as a rookie running back. But you come in with a game, like you said, an AFL quarterback, a quarterback who's throwing without a thumb. We've seen what happens when a quarterback throws without a thumb in the NFL before. We've seen what happens. We, we played Matt Stafford about four years back when he didn't have a finger, like a middle finger. Mm-hmm. And we saw how poorly Matt Stafford played. I think Megatron still played for them too. So how crappy! Oh, I remember that game. So how crappy played that game? And you're gonna sit here and tell me that these these Seahawks couldn't beat? They couldn't beat our 
the Rams. They couldn't beat the Rams. They were Jared Goffless for they should have been Jared Goffless. They were playing the Rams that are you know they're they're, a de- they're not a depleted team. They've actually now they've run the ballot of injuries and or now they're fine. Yeah, they were uh, a little bit more healthy than they've been. And what I'll say is I think there's this, there's there's, there's an issue that I've been trying hard to put my finger on, but I think it's entitled football is what I'm calling it. Mm. It's when the team is entitled to the win before their feet even touch the field. And there's nothing wrong with uh... football. There's nothing wrong with thinking, yeah, we're the we're the we're the best fucking team in the league and we're going to go out there and kick ass. You can have that mentality. You honestly can, and you can get away with it in the in the NFL too. I think there's a lot of leagues where you can't get away with that. You got to have the mentality that any given game can be a game you can lose. But in the NFL, you can have that swagger while still maintaining the sense that you still have to play to its fullest. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a brilliant example of that. They yeah. know they're the best team in the league, and they play like it too. God. The th- the Seahawks think they're the best team in the league, and they play like they're the like. 2017 Bengals. Oh god, you <laughs> that's gross. That's so, great, but gross. I think they they got a big steam. They got a big full head of steam coming in this year. They played through that Dolphins game where Russ had his little bit of a decline. Had that Minnesota game, which was a little bit of a mess, but whatever. Um, doesn't even feel like this season. And then we have that loss to the Rams. That loss to the Rams destroyed us, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, maybe the Buffalo game too. I think it was look, at those two games, look at those two games. The, the team still thinks that they are Super Bowl contenders after those two games, which is, I think, where you go wrong. Because when you think you're Super Bowl contenders after you're so violently exposed by two teams, right? And the Cardinals, too. You can throw the Cardinals in there. When Tyler Lockett caught three touchdowns and you still lost. When you're so violently exposed that you either hyperfixate on one thing that you need to fix, the defense, and you don't work on your offense anymore, you stagnate, and you end up looking like crap for the rest of the season because, I mean, that's what you end up looking like because there's no moving forwards. And Pete Carroll, I don't know if he's even admitted it about this game. I think he might have. Maybe he didn't. But they just didn't do any adjustments. They had zero adjustments nope. going into the half or coming out of the half. Going into the half – their offense was stagnating because they were doing first down dive runs just about every time or first down outside runs just about every time, and that doesn't set Russell up to throw very well, so Russell wasn't throwing very well. And honestly, I think, yeah, this is my time to admit that Russell does have, uh, if we're going to single out a single player, he does have the most responsibility. But the coaching staff, can you imagine if the if the Packers, if the Packers traded away Aaron Rodgers? But Mike McCarthy was pissing away his, like, golden... I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Can you imagine if they were doing that? No. This isn't... This is not all on Russell Wilson. Did Aaron Rodgers look significantly worse during those years because Mike McCarthy was miscoaching him? Absolutely. But is Honestly, he now, I think this is... Is he now one of the best quarterbacks in the league because he has a quarter, uh, He has a coach who knows how to utilize him? Yes. Top three. Same thing with Peyton Manning. Same thing with... Uh, Travis, uh, not Travis Kelsey. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. When you have a quarterback and a coach that knows their quarterback can play like that, then you start to you start to win games. And honestly, it does come down to head coaching. I think. 
It does. Peyton Manning had Adam Gase helping him, and we all know that that wasn't it. That wasn't the secret sauce. Uh, so what I'm saying is the coaching mindset is ruining this team pretty much single-handedly. And if you trade away Russell for Deshaun Watson and keep Pete Carroll, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see <laughs> Russell win the Super Bowl with the Texans first off, and you'll see Deshaun Watson play like Russell Wilson played this year. Well, the Texans coaching is still also bad. So They lost Bill O'Brien. They lost their head coach. They're probably going to get like – and then the thing with that Texans thing is they from somewhere else. How do you not consult like your best offensive player about who you're going to get for GM? You don't even. That's hella weird. It, you know, weird. so I understand him being upset and I hope he goes somewhere else. I, I hope he does not... too. I hope, Deshaun I hope he goes to the Lions. I hope he goes to like, uh, the well, Bears. probably not Jacksonville, but maybe not the mm. Bengals because they got Burrow. If they got, oh, if Indianapolis got him. Yeah, Indy, mm, Indy that, would be a, Watson, that would be a good piece. They'd be Indy with Deshaun Watson would threaten to win the, the division easily. Uh, I think I think the Colts with a no. quarterback who isn't eighty. Yeah, <laughs> like, is not the truth. So so you know, but, but what I'm saying is the Seahawks again. I just need to boil it down to the sincere point that the Seahawks, what they're doing wrong, is they're thinking they're better than they are. Oh yeah, and that like like the Giants game, Shaquille Griffin admitted they didn't play, they didn't really like see the and, Giants as a threat. And you know what quote really pisses me off? Pete Carroll had this whole spiel, and I think it was supposed to be inspiring and show how much he believed in his team, but it actually just came across as really entitled. Again, I can't think of a better word than that. He said, "Well, we were also drawing up game plans for the next week. Oh. We didn't expect to go out in the first round, or we really thought we were going to win this game." I, I, yeah, I saw. I saw him say something about we thought we'd be advancing. I didn't see that. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it was like we were game planning, and you know, we thought we really just thought we'd be advancing. Jesus, uh, dude. There's probably a better quote there. I mean, I think this game really is just going to be this is that moment that's going to go down for the Seahawks in the next few years of history that sets as a, a building point from like this is their reminder and oh, like, realization point. It has to be. They know, like, yeah, we're not the shit like how we thought we were. We got the players to be the shit, but we're not. And now we know. Oh, and now, yeah. no, it, it, like, it they're about to come into the next season with a totally different mentality. And I'm ready to see what yeah, this, yeah. this game puts them into. Bennett, Bennett's uh, entitled football is an interesting point to me because. I remember Richard Sherman. Obviously, he's not a Seahawk right now. Um, Maybe soon? Question mark? Question mark? After the uh, after the uh, oh after they won the Super Bowl, okay. He he mentioned the Atlanta game the year before, and he said we never want something that like that to happen again, where they got come back on they they you know they had a comeback on them. Wait, no. Oh yeah, because Atlanta drove down the field on the defense and was able to get in position for that field goal. Mm. Uh, he said they didn't. The defense wasn't going to let rest on their laurels, and I think the 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 whole team kind of sits on their ass sometimes. Because with that quote about game planning for next week, just the idea that you're just going to get past the Rams, that's just so bizarre. Because as much as I don't like to admit it, and, and I don't really like McVeigh, I just find him very annoying. Um, you, none of these division games are easy. You know, even that. Fucking 49ers game a week ago was somewhat hard, you know? So I, I, I don't understand what capacity you have to say, oh, yeah, we can we can kind of coast. We can put this in, you know. I don't – yeah, like Omari said, you, gotta, you have to come back next season. You have to come back hungry because there are guys who are hungry. 
Carlos Dunlap wanted, I mean, I saw it in effort too, but he put out a thing. Uh, he put out an article where he, he, he said it. He's like, I want to go out and win. And I want to go be a contributor for this team. Jamal Adams wanted to be, was, you know, torn labrum. I mean, spoiler for later, but he, he wanted to be out there, you know, so there are guys who do want to win, but I, I think there are parts of this organization who, who are okay with what they've done in the past, or they don't really, they don't want it as much as the other guys. And that's frustrating because we've seen it where this team comes together in 2014, 2013, and they, they hold each other accountable and they say, all right, we have to be better, but you know, so, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, sadly cannot find that Pete Carroll quote. Damn it. I wish I could. Cause it's pretty damning. And maybe well, he didn't say he was game planning for the next week. And maybe he just said, well, I really thought we were going to win. Honestly, coach, you're allowed to think you're going to win. Yeah. That's okay. But you got to perform like you're going to win. And honestly, there's so many things wrong with this team. It's hard to not come up with a reason that they're losing so much outside of that head coaching position. Because it's not just play. about like calling plays. It, it transcends to so many different things that a head coach. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just calling plays. It's like, it goes to mentality. Like culture, you've been saying, it's the yep. mentality. It's the, because he does a great job of a lot of things like getting dudes hyped up and compete and all that. But the starting off sluggish, especially in playoff games, cannot happen it can't and I, you know I'm you, sick of it you get guys like uh, carlos dunlap never i think he's played in a couple a handful of playoff games for the Bengals. so obviously they never went anywhere because they're the Bengals. yeah although how am i supposed to say that when we really haven't won anywhere either yeah we haven't gone past the divisional since it feels like it honestly just feels like we're the nfc Bengals now with a with a better yeah. Yeah. with a better regular season record i mean it seems like that for it's we're basically getting to that point Yep, and so, I hope we don't have to get to the very bottom point where we're like at the point where we're trying to rebuild like some of these other teams have in the past year. So I hope we I can don't think come back. We're in this weird, we're like where the Mariners were about five years ago, where you mm. can't can't solidly <laughs> commit to a rebuild. Right? Yeah, they were kind of like, like in fucking rebuild purgatory. But you can't you can't solidly say that you want to keep this entire team, especially with the expected departure of Shaq Griffin, mind you. Expected. Uh, which expected. Which, yeah, expected. Uh, mm. Who expects both, it? Uh, that it yeah, he said today that he wanted to stay here. He, uh, yeah, right? but Chuck, no one's going to want to – everyone's going to – there's going to be a team that want him a whole lot more than the I don't season. know about that after this year. He kind of pooped the bed this year. He's going to – and I don't think the Seahawks are going to be willing to pay him money with the resurgence of DJ Reed all of a sudden. Even I don't think he, he gets much money anywhere else. I think they're the, they offer him some okay, but not big. I just doubt he stays here. He even said he was talking with his brother about it could have been the last time they play ball together. So I wouldn't expect him to stay. I don't expect him to stay. Is that sad? Yes. I'm like endeared by him. I think he's a great fit for Seattle. Wait, which one? Because you said Shaq. And technically, they're both Shaq. Sha- Shaquille. Yeah. Shaquille. Oh. Actually, I mean, hey, Shaquem is a prototypical uh, Seahawks player. If I tell you, if I tell you right now, if I want to say a positive, his special teams play has been amazing all year. 
And he does bring speed off the edge. So I he do want to see him get more play. Too. He's a great – if there's a pass catcher in the backfield, <sighs> Shaquille, Shaquem Griffin's a good good fit for stopping that. Uh, but to go back to the negatives, because that's what we're here for right now. <laughs> we have uh, – I don't know. We, we, had, we ended up having one of the better defenses in the league at the end of the year. Couldn't stop Cam Akers. That's something if you want to really get into it. Not to detract from Cam Akers, but he's a rookie running back play against Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Carlos fucking Dunlap, Jaron Reed, fucking Jamal Adams, and he's going to run all over you for 143 yards. That's not on the players because we know those players are probably some of the best fucking defensive players in the league right now. And it's part of me for getting frustrated, but you can't... You can't, you can't say that these are the players sucking. You can't just be like, well, Jamal Adams is just a blitz boy. No, he's a good he's a good safety. That's the thing. I really hated seeing all the fucking Jets fans are talking. Shut up and enjoy Shut your up. poverty hey, fucking you're one franchise. In, you're like one in 15, two and 14. The last, the, the, the last time they won a Super Bowl, Martin Luther King was alive. So shut up and just go live in the basement again. Seriously, you're, yeah, you're going to do like you had one good player who hated your team so much. He left. Yeah. And they're so still upset think... about that. There's still up. So many of them were just so out of their way to go and talk about him last night. And it's like, you, dude, you guys haven't been relevant in years. You have the butt fumble. Like, shut up. You've you been the bitch of that division for because years. Because he's like good enough to go somewhere else. And they <sighs> better like they better start counting their blessings because that corner that's really good for them is probably going to leave next year. I, I, I hope they fuck up their first pick. I do. Oh, their uh, second pick. They didn't even get the first okay. pick. They didn't get okay. the first pick. No, dude. This has been building for weeks. This I is- hate the, the, the Jets. Jets piss me off. Jets fans piss me off. Because it's like they're such they're so nobodies and they like like to dunk on Jamal Adams because he wanted to secure his future for himself. Um like when Michael Bennett left, I didn't care. I was like, good for you, dog. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, go go to the Cowboys, go to the Patriots, like go get yourself a ring. I forgot he was a Patriot. He almost got like a ring when weeks. they played the Eagles. Oh yeah. There you go. Or another one. So like it's just I don't know. But again, this goes back to the coaching. Let me let me tell you what. Because you get guys like Jamal Adams, you get guys like Carlos Dunlap, you light a fire under their ass, and then all of a sudden they don't really have a desire to play here in the next season. Hmm. Wonder why that is. Why didn't why didn't Jadavian Clowney take that smaller deal? Was it because he's selfish, like we all thought during uh, the off season? Or he was injured? Or was he? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, he was injured, so we want. I guess he wanted a bigger paycheck to secure himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I can't help but feel like our culture might have played into his idea as well. Maybe he was, maybe he was kind of bummed out by the lack of drive the Seahawks have. Because I wouldn't blame him. It's just, you know, and then something that's not as uh, major is that fourth and one penalty uh, Ooh, I feel or like they broke scary. the huddle late. So if I'm correct, and if anybody wants to go back and look at it, I'll probably get NFL game pass just to go watch the L22s. But um, so after the injury stoppage they had before that, there was over like two minutes of real time between the end of that previous play and when Seattle had to snap the ball. Two minutes, over two minutes, and you right. don't get the playoff. You had a play clock at 22 during the stoppage, and you you ha- you know that's just 
you know, coach's faults, Russell's fault. So, you know, it's something like Omari said, I think you really have to look at yourself and really think what the f- you're doing. Um, we might even have to bleep this episode. We've gone over, uh, you know, explicit, explicit warning. I'm sorry. This isn't the Nickelodeon broadcast of the wild card game today. We're not going to have slime. And oh, actually, one of the I think that Russell Wilson is a good pal. One of uh, oh, my God. <laughs> OK. That was um, creepy. Why? Yeah. Overall, just disappointment and uh, need to see some accountability um, in the coaching staff and of just, maybe even players. Uh, going forward um so yeah i think i think next week i'll i'll have uh, some end of the year kind of stuff uh offensive and defensive mvps um huh. i didn't really i don't know nobody really stood out to me too much i just kind of went with dk because dk kind of seemed like he wanted to be out there and um uh, I, I, I saw a lot of stuff where oh dk was com- crying for the ball if I was DK Metcalf and I had the talent that he had, I would want the ball too, you know. And you'd think the Seahawks would want him to get the ball too. You figure, you know. So that that's who I had on offense. Um, while DK Metcalf looked like the only person who showed up to play football that day on the offense, uh, I think I'll have to go to Christopher Carson. He was consistent. The he had some. Game. He had some good runs. I didn't good think runs. He, he looked like he actually also wanted to win the game. Probably because this is his contract year. He wants to show himself off to other teams, probably. Yeah. Uh, almost five-yard average off of 16 rushes is actually pretty impressive. Uh, he's not Cam Akers, but he actually had a better average. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, yeah. Chris Carson, probably. And if I if I had to go with somebody else, I'd probably go for DK Metcalf. Uh, they, the Bleacher Report all of a sudden likes to suck on the teat of Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of DK Metcalf hate just because I don't know they're two young guys in the league. I I really don't get it because they're friends. Like they don't. Dis- oh yeah, I mean that respect is there. I know it is. So you know? I don't know why people are like DK was so disrespectful to Jalen Ramsey, and it's like I mean it's healthy competition. Yeah, it's like shut up. They I'm sure they both know. Person. They're like, yeah, you're good at you're good at your position. I'm good at mine. We're gonna go at it. You know. Yeah. And it's just dumb that they're like trying to make this some dramatic Grr. DK hate Jalen. Yeah. Some much. dramatic like rivalry that isn't really there. It's a friendly rivalry, don't get me wrong. Uh, but anyways, uh yeah, that's my offensive MVP. Omar. Uh I would also have to say Chris Carson or DK, honestly. They're the only people that really showed up to play. Yeah, I know. I feel like they were really putting in the effort. I feel like they were hungry out there, and they really wanted this, you know. Mainly because you know they haven't they haven't tasted that yet. They haven't touched that's that. That's true. So. Well, I mean, Carson has that. a little bit. Carson has a little bit. Um, a little bit, but yeah, no, definitely those two. They definitely put up a lot of the numbers for the team this week, and uh, you know, I feel like they were the ones who put in a lot of effort when I was watching on the offense, you know. Obviously, the line and, and everyone else did, but they were the ones who were really showing out. Right. I'll also I'll toss Tyler Lockett in there. He didn't have the yeah. best stat line, but you could also tell he really wanted it bad. He was getting frustrated. He was like trying to pep up DK a little bit. Um. So maybe a morale MVP, uh, Tyler Lockett. Um. Yeah. No. At least when I saw the runs that weren't third and one against a stacked box 
uh, he had he had good runs, um, and I thought that he he ran hard. So uh, I'll get it. I want to talk about him more uh, next week, and I don't know if I'll do. Uh, um, we'll worry about that later. Uh, and then defense, I had Bobby. I mean, Bobby just looked like Bobby. I mean, mm-hmm. just Hall of Famer. That's what I'll say. We'll always get results from Bobby. But I feel like I've never been – there's never been a game I watch from. Like, damn, Bobby. It's always like Bobby knows what he's doing. He gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Or even if, the like, the coaching and the play calling is not set up for him too, he still gets his job done, you know. Always consistent. Always working hard. Always, uh-huh. always like, an MVP conversation for me of, uh, like, defense. Like, I've never seen a game where I feel like he didn't produce. I'm going to go with Oh, sorry. I did not know you were still going. Wow. I'm sorry. You get the shame sticker for today, Bennett. No. Yeah, Jordan Reed had two two sacks, right? Two sacks, uh, five total. I mean, Bobby had 16, but that's because they were using Cam Akers. Like I, I have not seen another team run that much for a very long time. Uh, although it kind of gets – it makes you think again – you knew exactly what they were doing the entire game, and they mm-hmm. still beat the schmutz out of you. So you had twenty-eight rushes. Twenty-eight rushes for a hundred and some odd, hundred and seventy some odd yards, right? Hundred and thirty-one. Jesus. Right, and they had a hundred and seventy. Hundred seventy total. Yeah, they had hundred seventy total. Um, because I forgot they also have a uh, Malcolm whatever. Yeah. Goff had a couple Malcolm of Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. Brown, who was their starter. For a while, yep. If I remember correctly, um, but anyways, yeah, Jaron did a good job. He holds down that nose position pretty well. Cam Akers had a couple really nice cuts that eluded him, uh, but that's what Bobby Wagner's there for. So, <sighs> yeah, no, it's um. Sometimes I think back and like, damn, I get to watch this guy play uh, with Bobby. So it's uh, it's always cool to see it's him, and it was a little scary oh god poor yeah. half situation when you know it's interesting because bobby wagner um has been one of my favorite seahawks for obviously a long time mm-hmm. uh and it's the, this season is probably the first time i've liked him more than russell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no that's I why think... i um my first one of the new jerseys was marshawn marshawn was my guy then and then after that, I was like, "Who's my Who's my next big guy?" And it was Bobby, and it's been Bobby since then. I the thing that I'm worried about with the Seahawks is like we have a lot of old players, not old, oh, yeah. but like getting there who getting are still there. good, and I just don't want to waste them. Like I'm well, gonna be sad if know, we don't win one more with Bobby. I really am. It makes me. It makes my stomach twist because with how they play, you'd expect them to get multiple championships, right? And I you feel. Would. Anything less than multiple championships for some of these guys is wasting their career, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Russell Wilson in particular. You look at him, and you think, man, if I don't win, if I don't go out there and get this dude another championship, I wasted him like the Mariners wasted Griffey. Oh, that was painful. Honestly, if we don't get Russell another... No, that's what that was. It was poor management. And Howard Lincoln, who's a bad person, bad, bad person, uh, (laughs) legitimately had issues with Griffey. Like, how do you have issues with Ken Griffey Jr.? 
who you know yeah. revitalized the sports scene. Oh yeah, revitalized baseball for our country first off, uh, and just I don't know how you have an issue with that guy, and you 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 don't try to resolve it, you know. And Howard Lincoln, terrible. Uh, if you have time, either of you. I mean, if you if you know about him, go. You know, sure, but he's terrible, terrible human being. Um, you, um, and and he even he fucked up the thing with Griffey. So you know, you just you look at you look at Felix. You look at a lot of sports stars through who went through here. Oh yeah, Felix. How man. much we their careers, and you think, man, I really don't want Russell Wilson to become a part of that echelon of washed up Seattle sports stars. Cause I feel like it's coming. It's gotta it be within it, it the next It feels couple. like it it really does. Like he's not he's Mr. Unlimited, but he's Mr. Unlimited with about a four year time clock. Mm-hmm. Mr. Unlimited has a window. Yeah. Like any player does. And by the way, Tom Brady didn't win his game. Uh <sighs> Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones did. Um Unnecessary Tom Brady slander. I swear. (laughs) Shit. Hey, Tom Brady's a piece of shit. We've made this. He loves to make out with his son, though. He does, and that's part of what makes him kind of. Uh, I don't want to get his little videos he posts after he wins. I don't want to go over why I think Tom Brady's a piece of shit because we should probably stay pretty apolitical on this uh nice little sports show of ours. But I hate Tom Brady. Let's just get yeah. Tom Brady slander, I will allow it. Thank you. Um, I like his energy. I like his energy. But anyways, yeah, you don't want to see Russell Wace's career. I don't want to see none of the Seahawks waste their career. You know, we probably only got Tyler Lockett. We don't even know what's going on with him now. I think you know, he's so got a, a, lot of, a year left, and you'd want to extend year? him. Yeah, I think he's got a year on his contract. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of players who are getting there on the Seahawks who definitely deserve. Oh yeah, and even can't get a win. Yeah, no, even like Bobby KJ. Well, I'll go over it, but yeah, KJ's up. KJ KJ um, said he's open to playing for another team. Well, uh, it said it's it did the lovely get Greg by Bell. Uh, Greg Bell, D- Michael Sean Duger, uh, Joe Fan all do amazing work. Uh, and throughout the season, is I I I have a lot of them to th- thank. Those three guys in particular to thank for a lot of the work. Um, during their exit interviews, uh, Michael Sean Duger said that two out of two guys. Well, they're two for two on guys saying I want to be here next year with Shaq Griffin and Carlos Dunlap. Uh, and Greg Bell said that it's been clear that KJ wants to uh, live the rest of his life in Seattle. Wow, that's I always I don't know. My heart gets a little tingly when I hear that. I'm like, oh, he likes you know, players here like right Well, KJ, yeah, I like that. No matter players where like he ends here. up playing, KJ is going to be one of those guys who like chills with Cam Chancellor and Cliff. Oh yeah, I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, I think a lot of these guys have their forever home here, which is. I know I was earlier. I was like, "Grr, angry." Twelve win mean nothing, but it's like you know stuff like that's really cool to see. Um, and it it obviously means. There are some moments where I'm like, this is a lot bigger than football, where guys like to spend time here and they like to invest in the community. And even somebody who doesn't really like to say it by name, but Doug Baldwin was watching yesterday, so that was cool. Um, and he does a lot of good work in the community. 
Um, Doug Baldwin's one of the fucking saltiest ex Seahawks of all time. But it's amazing that he watches to me. I'm like, he's, he's still... like salty and not salty all at the same yeah, it's, time. Yeah, it's confusing to me. I'm <laughs> like, okay. But does he like us or not? Uh, I don't know. He watches the games. I think he likes a lot of the like old guys who played with him, like mm-hmm. Bobby and KJ and Tyler. He likes his friends. He supports uh, his but friends. But I know for like we Not all Russell. know for gospel he doesn't like Russell. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious because it's like it's like when you figure out the two Mythbusters aren't friends. Like they don't like what? each other. Right? They're not. They don't like each other what? at all. It's super yeah, weird. Oh, yeah. no. They really don't get along. Oh no, I need to end the episode now. I gotta go think about life. <laughs> I gotta think about oh my god. Um, wow. I didn't know that. And uh to me it's like the same thing. It makes you question your perception of those <laughs> No. <laughs> huh. Didn't know that. Um but again, there's just I think you're right, Chuck, yeah. Hmm? I just, I think you're right about like there is something bigger than football going on in Seattle in terms of with a lot of those guys staying. Yeah. With uh it would be cool one day to see all those guys who go biking around Mercer Island. Seriously. Dude, if I saw Cam Chancellor on a bike and if I somehow pissed him off, I'd I'd be like, Oh sorry, sir, please. It might kinda kinda look like one of those like bears riding the bikes in the circus. <laughs> I wonder if he's because a lot of the players after their careers, like, well, I guess all linemen do. They slim down, but I wonder what. I wonder if Cam's still. Oh, he's still huge, dude. That's why I said it because he is one of the biggest football players I've ever he's seen. He's a monster. That's all. T- one of, yeah, there's. And so he's many a freaking safety. He's built like a linebacker, and he could cover like nobody else, dude. It was just I miss Cam. It's no indictment of anybody on the team, uh... but it was it was so badass to have Cam Chancellor on the team. Just camp chance 2015. Oh, jeez. And it's uh, one last thing, and I don't want to stick on it too much because we already kind of went over it. But uh, well, we didn't really go over it necessarily. But Bobby, KJ, and Carlos all expressed that they are still coming to grips with the fact that the season's over. They all thought they had enough talent to reach the Super Bowl. Right. I just, I just, I'll just say this: the talent is there, but the coaching is not. Is not. And it's it's just about putting people in uh, positions to succeed. So yeah, we I, I think I think we'll do that next week, guys. I think we'll try to get in like a year in review type thing, and I'll put some things together for that, and maybe more towards free agency. We can well, I'll I'll think about that. Well, we'll have to look at guys because there's a lot of guys who are not on contract going into next year, so we'll need to look at that. Um, we jump into injury news, which is never fun. Well, sometimes it's fun. Uh, pass rusher Daryl Taylor practiced for the first time all year on Tuesday, and he had a good day on Thursday, uh, which is interesting. Uh, really would have liked to see him per- contribute this year, especially with the whole pass rush issue, but uh, hoping to see big things from him next year. He played his last elite uh, year in college uh, football at Tennessee with a broken femur, I believe. So, And he had a great year then. So just imagine what the Duke knew healthy. Obviously, it's going to look interesting considering how he rebounds from that injury, but uh, Daryl Taylor is a name to look at going into next year. Uh, Jamal Adams, as I mentioned earlier, played through a torn labrum and two broken fingers, and now will recover. Oh, God. Ah, I don't want to think about that. Dude. Dude's a beast. Um, will undergo surgeries, 
uh, team notes, Bobby Wagner named to the All-Pro first team. I believe both NK Metcalf and Jamal Adams were named to the second team. And the NFL Combine, uh, the status is unclear. Lead to decide on the future of the 2021 oh. scouting Combine this week. Uh, with concerns about the pandemic, I mean, it makes sense just considering how many people come from all over the country. Oh, right. That'd be pretty hard to manage. You're so right. it's like, okay, you guys either all have to go into quarantine or to like rent out a fucking hotel. That that's that's NFL's master. The they the, the the league office in New York can figure out what they have to do with that. Um I actually was near the league office in New York and I asked to see if I could go up there and they said no. So thanks guys. At least um you tried. You tried. I, I did. I did. I talked to the guy I talked to the guy one day uh who's at this like there's no markings on the NFL stadium. I mean on the on the building, right? There's nothing that indicates that it's the NFL headquarters. But it's on Google Map. I mean Apple Maps. It like says NFL headquarters, and if you walk into the building, there's a little tiny desk, and there's a man behind it, and the, the desk has a, a NFL lo- shield on it. I talked to this guy. His name's Charles. He was really cool. I guess it's a Charles thing. Um, <laughs> and he like, told me he said, that "Come in down." Huh? Like, did you write that joke down? Is that a script? Felt... No, I'm going off. I'm I'm going off thought right now, dude. That felt like a script. Um, Charles this was in February it was cold as balls and I, I talked to this dude Charles and he said talk to this guy it was I guess he's English but he likes football and he said just ask him uh, tell him Charles sent you and I was like all right because I guess they have every single Super Bowl ring up there well um, but he said no so anyway uh, no baseball no football actually well, I coach oh, Blanche Metzer uh, extended his contract so he will continue to coach the Sounders uh, for years to come, which is expected. I mean, uh, two MLS Cups and uh, four appearances. Hard to argue with that. No storm news. Womp womp. No basketball for the women's. Uh, but something <laughs> did. Huh. No basketball for the men's either. That, yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Uh, funny you say that, Omari. <laughs> there's, there's been some buzz over the last few weeks. As uh, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but uh, because of the pandemic and because of the losses financially for the NBA, there's been a lot of talk about expanding because of the the expansion fees that come with it, adding expansion teams, right? Um, and obviously Seattle sh- should be number one. If it's not number one, you're fucking wrong. Um I mean, Commissioner NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has talked about it. He said, obviously, Seattle is on the top of that list. Um, I need water. Um, <laughs> my voice is losing it. But uh, obviously, with Climate Pledge Arena, it kind of, you know, with it being a multifaceted facility, it kind of puts the pressure on. Um, and anyway, my, my main piece of information here is that Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin had a discussion with the NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and said that she's pretty optimistic. So that's certainly an interesting case. Uh, it, it feels like things are snowballing right now, um, but it, it, it's just a matter of time because obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, like that. So <coughs> goodness, something to keep an eye on, uh, but certainly exciting. It was really nice to, uh, I have my sheet here of all my teams and the information to keep up with. And it was really nice to add Sonics to that. So uh, nothing Kraken related, just having to pay attention to the expansion draft coming up in lovely July, six months from now. No Dragons news, which I, I wish I could give you Dragons news. 
no football. Thanks, Dwayne the Rock. <sighs> the people's champion. Johnson. Um, Johnson. <laughs> uh, men's basketball for the Huskies lost to Stanford 91 to 75. And as Omari notes, uh, our friend Noah what? Williams and the Cougs <laughs> lost to Stanford. Uh, what was the score? Uh, I think Wait, it was hold on. 60 they both to lost to Stanford. Yes. Yeah, better than that. It. Oh, actually, the dang nerd. Sixty to seventy-five. Uh, we lost ninety-one to seventy-five. So, Yay. oh, <laughs> uh, Huskies, Huskies men also lost to Cal eighty-four to seventy-eight. Uh, the team sits at one and nine. Yay! No, okay. Um, uh, and the women's is four and five. Uh, the next upcoming game is January seventeenth at USC. So the Cougs are nine and two. The next game is January uh, at UCLA. Not Seattle. I was, gonna, I was gonna dunk on. I was gonna dunk on Chicago Loyola, but they're actually doing well. Yeah, yeah. no, they're actually not doing bad. Oh, we lost to a Big Ten team. That's it. So that is uh, it for our football season. That football season's kind of our busy season. Um, we're kind of gonna get into an interesting slate here. Um, but if you like us, if you like our voices. If you don't like Bennett's SpongeBob impression, you don't like. If you like my Din Jaren impression, uh, come check out <laughs> our Star Wars podcast. Yeah, we missed also a week as, last week. I have a bad feeling about this. We've taken a couple weeks off because of well, the main. We're back this week. But we're back this week. Yeah, uh, took, took this last Thursday off for reasons, and uh, uh, if you watch the news, you know. Um, also, I tore something in my back. So what? Yeah, what I had were you there. doing? I was. Uh, what were you lifting, man? I was extramasizing. I hurt my back. Extramasizing. Wow. See, you shouldn't do that. A sedentary lifestyle is actually yeah, better. That's for you. what I'm learning. <laughs> that's what I'm learning. Mr. I Anderson mean, would agree. Yeah, oh, Russell. God. Mr. Anderson, that man's still going strong. I, I bet he still likes to work. Wilson, Mr. Anderson, dog. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. A sedentary lifestyle. Um, hope he's still doing all right he's a funny guy i like talking to him must be he's immortal Call, calling people fish in class and you fish if you went to a day years. if you went to a day you know who we're talking about if not we probably sound insane to you but, um, hey. we'll have some off-season things for our lovely uh blue neon green and white football team um Close. Mariners, uh, pitchers and catchers should report here next oh, wait, month. Guys, huh? guys, quick question. Sorry, back to the Seahawks. One of my friends, while we were watching the game, no, it was my landlord. He was like, <laughs> the Seahawks definitely played different without their 12s. Do you guys not think that would have had an effect nah. on the game? Nah. nah. I uh, mean, it might yeah, have got nah. the defense more juiced up, but I don't know if it would have really helped the offense. Who who was it? There was a player that said the Seahawks don't have their greatest player, the 12s. There was a player that tweeted that out. Oh, I thought it was a reporter. Was it was it I a think reporter? It was a reporter? Yeah, I think it was a reporter. Okay. That sounds it like something been, like a Chris. It might have been Jake Heaps, now that I think about it. Huh. Who was both a player and a reporter. Yeah. But anyways. But uh do you think season's different if Seahawks had uh the season? Um well, we like we won. I think we won most of our games at home. We did. We did. Yeah, I don't know if you could really have changed the New Did York. Did we lose a game, game at home this year? The New York game. Oh yeah, the Giants. What the hell? Um, who is it? Like okay, they went twelve and four. New York, Buffalo, uh, L.A. down there, and L.A. Arizona and down there. Oh yeah, so it was just the Giants' loss. 
Um, and then that first playoff loss at home to 2004. Jesus, that's terrible. Um, Isn't it? The Rams. Yeah. It's yeah. And the last time they lost at home in the playoffs, the Rams. So I don't, I don't like LA. I don't like those stupid little animal creatures. Um, Rams are big, dog. Uh, yeah, no, they are big. Uh, <laughs> the Mariners have uh, pitchers and catchers report mid February, I believe. Uh, Sanders are supposed to start mid March if all things go well, but there might be some contract dispute with the players union. Uh, I really don't know when the storm season is supposed to start, and that all depends because of bubble sort of things and basketball. Maybe uh, there's a good chance by the next everything's season. getting pushed back. I've noticed. Yeah, it seems like that. It's just a yeah. precautionary thing. But yeah, with a lot of things going on, like Bennett kind of alluded to, um, especially everybody just kind of takes some, maybe takes some, some, a break here and there. Uh, we, like I said, like Bennett was mentioning, and like Omari said, uh, if you happen to like us talk about nonsense and occasionally get into other things that aren't related to the main topic, uh, we do have another one. I will link it when I post this. Uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Uh, we've got some new stuff coming. I think we still have to do a Mandalorian season recap. Yep. Um, but we've got Bad Batch coming. We've got prequels. I think we're are we gonna go through all the movies? Yeah, we're gonna do it. Well, we're gonna do a prequel rewatch. See how it does, and we'll, we'll go. <laughs> Let's go through the sequels. Um, <laughs> so we, we we've got stuff coming. We've got stuff planned. It's not like we're just gonna go rinky dink, sit here and wait for somebody to come up with an idea. Um. So yeah, it's it's really fun doing this with these guys, and obviously, um. 40 episodes this all started with me doing this for multiple reasons but it's been really fun to add these guys uh, and have different perspectives um and have them sometimes argue so uh yeah we will see you next tuesday uh might not be a very long episode just because we don't have anything to gripe about so uh everybody have a good rest of your week um uh, go ball sports baba boy